welcome to another episode of Mentor Musings. As always, I am JC and I'm joined by my co-host, Brett. Hey, Brett. Hey, morning, JC. How are you today? Doing great. Uh, let's dive right in. So, so this week, Brett, I had an interesting conversation with an entrepreneur, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. Um, they were talking about the challenge of having an investor in their cap table who is also an advisor. And just for the sake of clarity, uh, sometimes when we talk about advisors, that could be someone who's just offering advice or it can be a formal position on a board or within a cap table. So in this case, they are talking about that investor also being in the cap table as an advisor. So I'm curious, Brett, uh, is is that something that you commonly see where someone is coming in uh, to invest in a venture and also wanting to serve in a formal or even informal advisory capacity? Yeah, definitely. I think that that seems to be the common approach. And when we first started, throwing this idea around for the for the conversation, you know, I kind of thought it even expands a little bit further because I think you've got the the advisor, the investor. Then I think, you know, kind of what we do also is the mentor, right? That just provides third party unbiased information, whether they're looking for. And I think there's also another advisor that sits in between the, somebody that sits on a cap table, but it's maybe for fee, right? You go work with the subject matter expert in this area. So you're paying that person a fee to help you. So there's a lot of different resources you could look at. And I think too often, especially the I call them younger founders that may not have been through you know, the battles a few times. Look at those interchangeably, and it's it's not a good idea because I think the the end game for each of those folks on the outside could be very different, and you may not be getting the advice that you're specifically looking for. Uh, curious, does that kind of fit in what what you see as well? Yeah, I, I think that would definitely trend with what my experience is as well. I, the other thing that I would say too is that you know, when you're focused on investors and kind of them having a role, you want people who want to drive the outcome of your venture beyond the check that they're writing, especially for an early stage startup, right? Um, most rational pre-seed, seed level investors like like we are and like others that we know are, they feel like they want to get involved because they can compel the outcome of that venture beyond that check. So they have skills, network knowledge, etc. Now, there are a lot of different ways that that can formalize. To your point, that could be a subject matter expert that you're you're, you're paying with cash or equity. Uh, that could be you know just kind of an informal advisor via an investor, or it could be an advisor, like an uppercase A advisor, part of an advisory board. But you mentioned that that last piece that I think is interesting too, which is mentorship. I know for me, as I think about investor, advisor, and mentor all three of those people or those entities could be one uh, but they are in my opinion three distinct roles you know talking about mentorship to me mentorship is is kind of both coach and consultant uh, and advisor so it's kind of you know coaching and driving the founder towards advising and driving their business I, I don't know in your mind I'm curious Brett how do you separate the role between, let's say, an advisor and a mentor? Where, where's that line of demarcation so that if, if, if a founder's talking to someone and they're thinking, man, I'd like this person to be involved, when do they decide whether they're looking for a mentor out of this person or they're looking for an advisor? Yeah, I think I think it's important. Maybe that's I'll get your opinion on this in a second is, you know, kind of having different resources available to you. I mean, later in my career is when I figured out the, the value of having a yeah, third party is not fair, but an, a mentor that sits out of the organization, but somebody that you can go to 
ask questions, get honest feedback on what you're doing. So it may not be a subject matter expert specifically, but they're going to give you unfiltered feedback, or at least that's what I hope your mentors are doing. They're just not a yes person saying, hey, yeah, that makes great. You're going to be awesome. But some, some realistic feedback, and that could be an advisor on the board or an unofficial advisory board that you can go bounce off of. But what I've found super helpful is having that one person that I can go to, you know, kind of what I'm <laughs> similar relationship with you, right? That, hey, I'm, I'm not afraid to come to you and say, am I out of my mind for thinking like this? And you're going to tell me honestly that, hey, it makes sense. It doesn't make sense. You may want to think about it. And I found that invaluable and it just waited too long in my career to, to leverage those resources. And you got to be careful not to overuse, you know, somebody's time. But I found there's a lot of folks, if you surround yourself with the right people that are more than happy, you know, to help you provide that guidance that want to help you succeed. So to me, that's one person. I think that's almost a a, a no, you have to, it's cost of doing business, find that network that can, that can help you and give you that feedback. But two, then I think it becomes very business specific, you know, the help that you need. If it's a subject matter expert, it may make sense that they'd have aligned goals, right? So if they're part of the cap table, you know, that they succeed when you succeed makes sense. And then there's the for fee, which to me, I think is the most dangerous. <laughs> and, and I say that as a relative term, because their goal is to get paid and provide a service and they may not be attached to you for the long term. There may be nothing you could do about it, right? I need this dev work or tech work. Or I need something in marketing to help, you know, set this up. So to me, there's the, the spectrum of those three and you just really have to be conscious and aware of the the goals for each of those folks or teams of folks when you're using them yeah i i i agree with you i, I think there's an opportunity to kind of crowdsource uh, your, your knowledge and your skill sets, but you can't outsource your innovation. So whether you're talking about an investor who's an advisor, an advisor, or a mentor, um, the, the, the more centrally located to the subject matter, to your, your kind of core value, your core focus is, the harder it is over the long term, I would say, to have those, those external resources be involved. That's something that you need to insource or have regular access to. And that kind of circles back to where we started the conversation about investors specifically who think, okay, in addition to the check that I am writing, I can help with a subject matter area. I am an expert in technology. I'm an expert in B2B sales. I'm an expert in this. So beyond the check that I am writing, I believe I can compel the enterprise value growth of this venture. And so this to me, especially for early stage startups, is something that you're going to encounter. You need mentors, you need advisors, but I think a lot of your investors either would be or maybe should be uh, willing to and ready to kind of step in and be actively involved in some way. So I'm curious, Brett, either yourself as an investor and advisor or, or for other startups that you've worked with, have you seen any tips of how a, a founder can approach that subject? Because I know it's hard, you know, like you said, with a mentor, the idea is full expression. It's the full range of emotion and expression of everything that they're worried about, they're concerned about, you know, kind of rapid firing and prototyping ideas. You may be reluctant to want to have that with an investor sometimes because they're considering, you know, and evaluating their continued involvement in the venture and where you're going. So do you have any tips for a founder who does have an investor that wants to at least be a subject matter expert available to them? How do you balance that role? How do you have that conversation with them when they're wearing both hats at the same time? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great point. And I think it really comes down to kind of what we talked about in the last episode, alignment, right? Do you, are your goals aligned? Is the outcomes aligned with what you want out of this, this arrangement? I think that's important. Um, 
you know, even what I'm going through right now, I kind of referred that I've been bouncing ideas off of you as I'm launching this fund, right? This is something that's new to me. So I'm doing a ton of research. I'm talking to a lot of different folks, but at the end of the day, there's two or three folks that I know I can go to, to get honest feedback. Um, but I also know to the flip side that I'm going to have to partner with some folks to help drive some of the areas that's not my core strength. And so I'm going through that process right now of of vetting it. Some of it's going to be a leap of faith, but building that relationship, I think is so critical. And then two, focusing on the outcomes that you want to get. Are they aligned with those outcomes? And, you know, just to give you an example, so working, you know, with the fund, there's the setup and then there's the management after post, right? I'm breaking it into two pieces and who I'm going to use for both is going to be different, but I want those people aligned with where I'm at and where I'm going. And the further example is, you know, some of these firms are well-established, right? They work with big companies. It's like paperwork. There's some value of having you know, the cookie cutter, but going on this journey for the first time, I'm kind of looking for somebody that wants to partner with me through that journey that, you know, we're going to do this thing together. So, um, I may have clouded the water more than answered your question, but you know, I'm actually going through this process right now and it's been helpful to just take a step back every now and then to make sure that it is alignment. I'm going to come back to that word is make sure that there's not those red flags or if they're slightly different, you better work through that before you formalize anything. Yeah. And and I think to underscore a really critical point you just brought up, Brett, is it's a conversation. Number one, if you're a founder, expect and 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 know that you're going to need input from others. That it's unlikely, um, even if you're highly experienced in an industry, that you're going to be able to cover all fields of focus for all of the stages of the venture, especially early on. And so, expect to need that external um, support, that external skill, that external knowledge, and that your investors a lot of times are going to feel feel compelled to want to be involved because they recognize here's where you are, here's what you need, and here's what they can kind of fill into in addition to the money. So expect this from an investor, but also to your point, have a conversation about this. Make sure right out of the gate that there is alignment on what the expectations are, on what the rules of engagement are, and then to your point, Brett, what the actual outcome is. Like what's what's the, what's the value that's going to be gained and generated for both parties at the end. But it's really important that founders understand and expect that need, that they embrace that need, but that they check that alignment right out of the gate. Because finding an investor, you know, there's all kinds of ways to raise money, but finding an advisor or finding a mentor, that can be a little bit more of a nuanced conversation. So if you're gonna if you're gonna explore both of those, you may have a situation where you have somebody who's qualified as an investor, but not so qualified on the alignment and the advisory side. Maybe they have the knowledge you need, but they don't necessarily want to do it the way that you want to do it. That is a yellow flag that you need to address directly and early on. Um, taking that money from them and then you know basically not following through on the advisory side is not going to be a good relationship for anyone. So I would say this, that in the situation where you have someone who's an investor and they want to be an advisor, have that conversation before the check is even written and make sure that everybody understands where their alignment is and where they want to go from here. So yeah. Brett, 
any any final words or thoughts on this? No, but I do want to probe that a little bit with you to go deeper because I think there there's that opportunity to bring in advisors slash investors that fill in weaknesses or gaps in your your knowledge, which kind of goes back to the subject matter expert. But just don't blindly accept the fact that they are subject matter experts. I've seen again just specific example that you know, hey, we're looking to scale the business. I'm going to bring in the, the salesperson, right? So if you go talk to a sales specific subject matter expert, that's all you're going to get. You're not getting the bigger picture, which can be hard to balance kind of a general contractor as you're looking across it. If you go very focused in one and to your point, if they just want to drive that area, you could be button heads all the time. And that's just not the, the arrangement. You want a good give and take back and forth, have a discussion. But man, if you can find somebody to complement your skill set, just like we talked about with co-founders, that tends to be the best relationship. If you bring an advisor slash investor that is a technology savvy person, you know, like you, JC, man, you're going to probably be button heads more than than you need to. You still got to have that one that one point. So I think it was just I just wanted to underscore what you had talked about because I do think there's so much value, but there's also you said the yellow flag or risk if if you don't think through all the the outcomes. Absolutely. Yeah. You said it best, Brett. Make sure that you're aligned. Make sure that you're having this conversation with your investors, advisors, and make sure that you're validating the subject matter expertise that they're giving you. Uh, you know, just to speak to sales, kind of your background and in your focus area, I know that you talk to a lot of entrepreneurs about. I hear a lot of entrepreneurs say, well, I'm going to bring on an advisor or an employee, like we're talking about with a co-founder, because of their Rolodex. And there's value in that. You know, I mean, it's not subject matter expertise, but it is experience or subject matter experience that they're able to leverage, right? Contacts right. and connections. But like you said, I mean, how much value are you getting of that over a long period of time? So it's really important, regardless of the field of focus, whether it's tech or sales or anything else, that you really explore and drill down on what is the long-term sustainability of the value that's being added. And then once you've identified and validated that and their validation as an investor, then proceed with that alignment conversation saying, hey, here's how I think we can proceed from here and, and be successful. Because that's what everybody ultimately wants. Everybody ultimately wants to be rowing in the same direction. You just want to make sure before you get them in the boat, they don't have a different type of paddle. Exactly. And just to put a bow on that, circling all the way back, and that's where a mentor slash advisor that doesn't have necessarily a financial interest in what you're doing can be that sounding board to say, does this resource make sense for me? So. Again, back to the three, there's resources for you. Just be intentional about what you're doing. Very well said, Brett. Very well said. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode. Please like, comment, share. Um, tell other founders uh, about what you learned today. Share this with someone else. You know, Brett and I are doing this to create a platform where we can send the message out, and we need your help doing that. So subscribe, like, share, follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, we're available if you have any comments or ideas, but we appreciate everybody tuning in. And until next time, we'll, uh, we'll wish you guys the best of luck with your venture. Yeah, cheers. We'll see you next week. Thanks, JC. Bye, guys.